I'll humanize myself. Hello. Can anyone around here speak basketball? It's the Confederacy of Dunks with Kevin Dowse and Freddie Rivas. Hey, yo, how you doing, Matt? Uh, I'm doing well, Freddie. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, Kevin, you know, obviously still not here. He's at law school. He's doing an exam right now. Wow. Okay, good yep. luck to Kevin. Good I'm luck, sh- Kev. I'm sure he's thinking about the Raptors. Yes. Um, we got some super fun guests today. We're going to get right to it. We got a lot to talk about. Uh, I think he's been on the podcast maybe four, five times, three times. Yeah, at least. Um, yeah. You know him from Red Oaks. You know him from everywhere. He's uh, hilarious. He's amazing. His dad's really cool. Give it up for Ennis Esmer. Now that's an intro. My dad's really cool. You hear that, Dad? <laughs> he doesn't know how to play podcasts. Thank you for having yeah. me. Hello. Was I supposed to talk over the music? Well, you can do whatever you want. I felt yeah. good. I felt like I was coming out to the, <laughs> yeah. the dry ice is nice. It's a nice touch. Yeah, it's a good it's a good kind of like fog machine thing. And it's it's a nice homemade fog machine too. It's really it's good. <laughs> it's, uh, you're just actually just feeding kindling into the back of a, yeah. a dry ice machine. Um, that's how they started. I was going to say speaking of kindling, but that's I I, I, I want to keep making uh, very inappropriate jokes about the L.A. fire. Oh, which no. there's, there's absolutely nothing funny about it. I'm there very isn't. sorry for even thinking that, you know. Um, anyways, uh, nothing to do with any of that. Uh, hilarious man. Good friend. Um, almost a bit of a mentor to me early in the comedy game. Wow. Uh, please give it up oh. from L.A. <laughs> Will really well done. Is he just there? An, just an aggressive word. Uh, so, so two things. <laughs> yes. First of all, I can see the smoke from my apartment. You son of a bitch. Yes. Yep. And uh, uh, also, I the whole reason I changed my name to that on Facebook <laughs> is so that people would not find me. Fair enough. Um, you've uh, you've screwed I, uh, things up with your mentor here. I dropped two balls <laughs> immediately. Uh, Will, I'm sorry. I still remember you buying me a pitcher at the gym on Davenport. Oh. Meant a lot. <laughs> at the gym? What? Uh, uh, there's a, a bar called The Gem, which is at Oakwood and Davenport in Toronto. And Will said, don't oh, worry, God. I'll buy the pitcher. What? And then you drank it by yourself? No, no, we, <laughs> yeah. we drank it together. No, but... I, I told Freddie not to pay because uh, I didn't want him drinking at the time. Right. That's, yeah. That's yeah. very nice of you. Yeah, there's a bit of like really like, you know, freaky subtext. <laughs> are you um, okay over there, Will? What's going on? What's the latest with that, that the, the fire? Uh, well, I believe there are, uh, I, there are, I believe, three of them. And uh, one of them is like 5% contained, and the other two are like 0% contained. Oh, my God. Those videos, it looks like just driving in hell. It's terrifying. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's, it's real windy and very dry. So yeah, it's, that's awful. It's, uh, you get to listen to some real depressing interviews with fire chiefs on the radio. Yeah. So, um, you know, we'll obviously get to basketball in a sec, but our... Uh, I don't really know LA too well. What area do you live in? Is that area in danger? I guess no, all areas uh, are kind of it, in danger. It's right? sort of like a it's sort of like a running joke that generally you need a lot of money to be at risk from the elements in right. the city. Right. But it is like um I mean it's pretty close to some of the some of the like 
suburbs that are still incorporated into the city. You know, it's a huge city. Like, yeah. you know, I, I was told to come on a basketball podcast, not a goddamn local. Yeah. Geography yeah. You podcast. know what? Hey, I asked a question out of good old fashioned Canadian empathy and caring. <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize you were this much, yeah. this good at compartmentalizing, yeah. Will. <laughs> Yeah, no. I think it was Freddie asked for like a uh, like a wanted me to play architect and or city engineer and describe the layout of yeah one of the biggest cities of the world. Oh, look, I, you know what? Can I just can I just uh, Will? I hear that you're hurting. Our hearts are with you. Let's move on to something fun to talk about. Yeah, let's let's talk about some basketball because uh, yeah, I feel like I've I'm, I'm dropping a thousand balls here, um, and uh, I love basketball, so I feel like I can't go too wrong there. Um, yeah, okay, yeah that'll cheer me up. Yeah. Talking about basketball. It hey. will. It will. Trust me. <laughs> will it will. Okay. Check this out. Very... <laughs> Musical segues. <laughs> never... uh. <laughs> okay, Matt's, Matt's do, he's doing his own version of dropping the ball. He's uh, having a bit of a coughing fit. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> will, you're, you're the special uh, LA guest. I'm going to hit you with this question first. So, uh, we always right. start with a uh, Raptors talk here. Um, <sighs> if I could okay. just ask one more question about <laughs> oh, okay. city infrastructure, well, right. no, sorry, okay. go ahead. Freddy. Okay, <laughs> here we go. Um, JV, Jonas Valanciunas. Now, yeah, I'm not going to ask. You know, do you think we should trade him? Do you think whatever? I I'm more interested in the idea of while he's still a Raptor. <clears throat> you know, it's kind of an open secret. He's been on the trading trading block for about a year and a half now. Um, and we want to move out from his contract, especially after signing Ibaka. Um, I mean, at least that's what it seems like what the Raptors uh, uh, brass uh, is, you know, aiming for. Uh, but while he's a Raptor, how do you think we max out JV's potential right now? Uh, well, I'd uh, I'd like to start by thanking you for that sort of uh, meandering uh, question that sort oh, of yeah. sprawled the uh, generations and subjects. This is like the most abusive uh, mentor-protege <laughs> relationship I've ever eavesdropped on. I got some meandering questions. I gotta, I, I gotta deal with that. That's me. You just, uh, you just put them, just put them on the bench. That's like what you do now with like plotting uh, outdated centers. Is you put them on the bench and you let them like beat up on uh, other second units, and then you just sort of you hope uh, you hope kind of in vain that there's some way to make up for the fact that nobody else on the team is a is a very good rebounder outside of some of the guards right so are are you you know are you worried about uh the size of Jonas Valanciunas uh, contract are you worried about how he'd affect the bench um do you think that he would handle it well or do you think that all really doesn't matter um, I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't handle the fact that nobody likes him well anyway. So yeah. I don't think that would be a huge difference. And, uh, I'm not super worried about the finances of, of Maple Leaf sports, mm -hmm. but, um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think it would be any worse than it already is where sometimes the guy plays like, you know, 13 minutes a game. And then afterwards, everybody writes about how bad he is on defense and how he has no place with the team. Like, I don't, I don't know that getting demoted to the bench would make him be like, Oh man, do people not like me or something? Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. He's um, already had a pretty rough go in general. And it's where, yeah, where I do where think they at? kind of blew his development a little bit. You, you think the team did? 
Yeah. I'm right there with you. I've been a, a fan of, of Jonas's since since he came up, and I feel like I've I feel like I've gone back and forth on this in terms of who's and we've talked about this on the podcast, mm-hmm. who's responsible for it, the failings? What comes first in terms of what everybody seems to accept as unrealized potential yeah. that every year that he gets older, it becomes more and more glaring that the learning curve isn't as is steeper than he's able to adapt to, especially yeah. given that the massive sea change in the last two years, and especially this year with the team's philosophy and how little he kind of fits in. I, I used to blame Dwayne Casey just outright, but right. there are parts where it's hard to see it's hard to it's hard to take a, a issue with them benching him when he goes out there and he dis, you know he'll kind of disappear for possessions or he'll look uh, overmatched by certain bigs, but then also certain small lineups don't work well with him and it's tough. I don't know. It seems like the wrong era to be who he is because I still feel like on paper he's so good, yeah, and capable of so much, but it he never really strings together like three great weeks. Yeah, as, as, well, I think part of the blame should probably go to his trainer who like bulked him up to the point where he just can't move very I was just anymore. gonna say that will yeah like the, the, there was one season where they were bragging about him becoming much heavier and it's almost like they didn't really read where the league was going um and yeah, also he was you... supposed to be the next Noah originally huh wow yeah Imagine that. That's like they talked about him in terms of his not his passing but like his sort of defensive potential uh his defensive potential potentials they were like this guy could be the next Joaquim Noah He's got to grow out a lot more of his hair if he wants to get that top knot. Yeah, he's also got to become way more annoying as a human being. <laughs> yes. But the passing, Will. The passing. So wait. Yeah, I don't think anyone ever thought that was going to come. Yeah, that's true. So are are you in agreement that you think we should move him to the bench and, you know, well, what's the, other what's factors the answer? See, Akam goes to the starts at power forward and Ibaka starts at the five because Ibaka hasn't exactly been – I've been saying wait and see on Ibaka since we got him. Mm-hmm. But it seems like within this system, and we have like one too many big guys, and in a way, these injuries actually kind of help a little bit because now Casey only has ten players to really play, right? As opposed to twelve, which well, can really gum up the the works in terms of hot hands. You can't get a good flow going. I think it would, you know, it would probably be um, Jonas for Jakob because I don't think you'd be playing Jakob and Jonas on the floor together, right? That the, seems to be that seems to be a problem. But um, is that really maximizing what? So Siakam goes on the four. I mean, is Ibaka uh, that that sort of went away because we have this problem of too many centers? But the sentiment at the beginning of the season was Ibaka is going to start at the five, and that what, what's what's the state and, of that? And the past three games he's been playing a lot of five. Yeah, um, Jonas played eighteen minutes against Phoenix. Yeah, um, the other day, and um, yeah, Ibaka you know has been averaging just over thirty minutes. He's been playing roughly fifteen minutes at center a game, which is kind of what you want with Ibaka because yeah. if he's you know, for folks who are kind of saying that he should be playing all his minutes at center, I don't really think he has the physicality to hold up. Uh, uh, I was at the game against the Suns, and while that game was infuriating that we couldn't put it away, we were up by 13 basically the whole game. Yeah. And Ibaka had a, a hell of a game. It's just impossible to gauge versus the Suns because they are a they're like a Steve Nash charity team on yeah. defense. We're uh, s- s- side note on the Suns. We're 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 kind of watching one of the last great years of tanking with the tanking structure changing next year. Yeah. Um so there's going to be no incentive for teams to be the absolute worst. Whereas right now I think we have 8 or 9 teams roughly who are targeting that 30th spot in the <laughs> NBA. Um, well, Devin Booker's hurt now for two, three yeah, weeks. Yeah, exactly. It might turn into two months. You don't know. Um, okay, yeah. You know, Jonas is always uh, 
is always kind of like it's sad because he's yeah. so he's so charming and fun, and he's he seems like when he does well, it's the whole city loves it. But it's right. just it's not just the it's not just the team fit anymore. It's like the league's fit. Yeah, for you sure. Know? And it's, I think uh, uh, I think Casey kind of messed with his head in the early days mm-hmm. when he wouldn't. Uh, he just yank him so quick, and I think it was the kind of thing where you just have to kind of eat a few losses in the name of letting a guy stay on the court so he can both develop confidence and feel yeah. like you trust him and also, you know, play through their bad habits. Because it feels like you can't really learn how to not have those bad habits anymore if you aren't forced to just, like, suffer the consequences of them. I will. I remember we watched a game in LA once and I think it was against the Pistons and he had like 20 and 10 at the half and then didn't play the second half like in some weird he just had no there was yeah. no consistency to the, them going through him yeah they also they never uh they just like never made him a focal point of the offense yeah there's that I mean too. it's kind of the whole like uh Lowry and DeRozan especially Lowry I think are almost as much to blame because those two guys just have such tunnel vision for each other and he's just and Jonas just isn't a guy who's going to find his flow within the it's he's not going to find his place in the offense you got to like bring him in and and make it happen yeah and I think a lot of it has to do with uh like touching on uh on DeRozan and Lowry is this Raptors team until this year um has had a culture of bad passing we've been one of the worst passing teams in the NBA for I think three or four years basically this whole kind of era um you know DeRozan's not a it's not it's not like DeRozan or Lowry are selfish passers they're just not natural passers well they're not looking for the they're not looking for the pass like they're they're, yeah and and less so that I mean I'll tell you against the Suns they went like 40 and 19 together or something like that like DeRozan had eight assists oh yeah we're, we're I think we're seventh in the NBA in assists yeah fourth which in is, assist to turnover ratio yeah which is a, a dramatic turnaround okay yeah. that brings me to my next uh my next topic here with that the first segment went very well Will how do you feel over there <laughs> uh you know I do feel like um it, its development was maybe hurt a little bit by getting yanked uh, yeah. a, a little early but I I, I give it a <laughs> A B plus on the prospect chart. <laughs> okay, that's all right. Let's go to Will every, right. every segment. Let's go oh, to Will man. afterwards. Yeah, it's going to be good. Okay, I'm focusing <laughs> on a less meandering question here. Um, Just tighten it up. Tighten it up. What amount? I'm going to start with you, Ennis. What amount of credit does Casey deserve? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. You know what I mean? Like at a certain point, yeah, n- we, nobody does. Look, we're, we're comedians and actors. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did I just? Did I just like? Uh, Pull back the curtain on this whole uh, just being a fan of sports. Yeah, you I think that <laughs> <laughs> we are though, so it, it's all good. It's all Here's good. what I've observed that is different now, but it's still too premature to decide fully. I mean, look, you can't take away from certain factors. Uh, our best seasons ever have been the last four seasons, the deepest we've ever gone. Two wins from the p- uh, finals. Um, our first like per- okay, you know, per- those you- don't count. Those What's don't that? count though. We were we were as far away from the finals as we've ever been. Oh, you know what? He called on me, Will. You had your chance. All right, you're sitting on the <laughs> no, bench now. You can't, you can't drop my my most hated like raptorism and expect me not to chime in and say that like what LeBron the two wins James from the finals is your biggest. Out loud at the idea that they were threatened by us. Hey, we we were literally two games, two wins away from the NBA finals. <laughs> we're in, okay, we've yeah, done that sure. once. Don't say, don't say, okay, yeah, sure, that, that's, that's not literal truth, guys. It's a literal truth. I'm, I'm going to be in the middle here because I was at one of the games where we beat Cleveland. Yeah. And the arena, 
you know, it was amazing. We we all chanted "Let's go Raptors" for ten minutes after. You know, LeBron was called us out as being amazing fans, but also. Uh, to Will's point, earlier in the series, he said he's experienced adversity and this is not it. And that was very true. Like, he really was not <laughs> yeah, worried. He's a mean jerk. <laughs> he really was not worried I at mean, all. And that showed. Okay, so, so fine. Okay, exclude okay, that yeah. part of it. But if we're talking about cable, you really got me fired up here, Will. <laughs> good, good. Bad choice of words. Okay. I'm so sorry. Um, uh, I think that what's happening now, this whole culture change concept has to be, there has to be credit given to him. Uh, to some extent, a lot of it is roster building. Like, and he, you know, Casey doesn't have a guy like Alan Anderson or uh, right. John right. Salmons or, or Scola. Williams or yeah. Scola that he can run out at the be at the uh, expense of developing one of his kids. And as a result, you see what's happening is the bench is uh, is now one of the best benches we have in the league, and they're getting more playing time. And I think the biggest part of that culture change, let alone three points and passing, is re- getting Lowry and DeRozan to where they're more rested come playoff time. I think the knock on Casey and this team has always been, from what I've seen, is they, they always seem to be letting the game come to them and adapting to something else. You know, whether they're playing uh, a Golden State team or a team that's bigger, they always adjust. I've never seen Casey really force the issue in a meaningful way for a consistent amount of time, and glaringly so in the playoffs. We've seen outcoach, you know, the yeah. sweep against we always the Wizards. The, first the game. sweep against the Wizards. Yeah, always losing the first game. It always seems like they're taking a hit and then coming back. And we haven't won anything. So I think it's possible to argue that, uh, you know, that he's not as great a coach given the roster as he could be in this team. I've heard the argument that people think the team would be better off without him. The question is, who would be better in his place? And on, in that regard, I don't know, you got to give him credit for what he's done with this roster. I think, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I just said a lot to just say, I don't know. That's good. That's I don't know good. how much he's responsible for. Will, how much credit does uh, Dwayne Casey deserve? Two wins from the NBA finals. Will remember that two I, wins. I think, uh, uh, I think this, I think Dwayne Casey, first of all, he's clearly, I think it's inarguable that he's the best coach the team has ever had by like yep. a crazy mile. Yes. Sure. And uh, I think he deserves a ton of credit because people talk a lot about like, the roster stuff and but the amount of like turnover that this guy has had to deal with maybe not necessarily with uh you know he's had sort of his two starters who were very incredibly his like two consistent starters and i guess uh Jonas as well but like the bench has just been so in flux and he has uh all these young guys that he's like really maximizing this year and you know obviously a lot of credit always goes to players but young players don't win and like young players, the people always say like young players, they don't win. And like young players don't play defense. Yeah. Unless like they're those OG. Are just two things that are very true. But like you look at the, how well, I mean, a guy like Fred Van Fleet, you know, uh, I'm sure Stackhouse deserves uh, a lot of credit as well, but just like the amount of trust. And maybe it is kind of like Ennis is saying is he kind of has to trust these guys. Cause right. all he has is a bunch of, guys who are like 23 and 24 but the fact that they're out there and they're playing and they're like you know really dominating against other benches that are older and have more experienced guys I think that really says a lot about uh, his abilities as a coach and it kind of bums me out that it took him maybe he just finally has the right personnel but it kind of bums me out that it took him this long to like trust young guys this much I mean it's crazy that uh, OG is in the starting lineup. Like that feels like a thing. Casey would have just, he just would have gone out with four guys three seasons ago. They would have dressed Jamal McGlure. 
Yeah, I think like yeah. for <laughs> for Casey, yeah, it's like at the three. Yeah, for for Casey, he's like I think like over the course of his like NBA or his basketball life, he's established a, a ton of habits, and a bunch of those habits he can't really let go of. Um, but we've seen him slowly let go of some of them. And, you know, I think that's Masai forcing his hand. Maybe that's Nick Nurse, um, you know, drawing up amazing plays, uh, you know, uh, uh, good drafts, um, Stackhouse, like you said earlier. But, yeah, like even even the starting of OG seems a bit new, but, you know, he also started Siakam for 30 games last year. Yeah, um, but they also had, again, that was Sullinger was out. We had right. no other four. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if you think about that, it's experience. like he would have played Jared Sullinger over. Yeah, like that's yeah, that's that's kind of damning. The yeah. fact that it's like, well, he didn't have Jared Sullinger to fall back. Yeah, totally. right. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 for me, I think it's kind of like it's. I, th- I think he deserves a lot of credit for the bad things he's done, like you know, basically been out fox in every playoff series he's been in, um, <laughs> yeah. and I also think he deserves credit for. Is like is there a team that's changed the way they play with the players they have more than the Raptors this year? I mean, you got to look at turnover on teams. He's what the second longest serving coach, or third after Spolstra and Popovich? yeah. I, I would say uh, I would it's, say it's Pop uh, Carlisle. I think is what yeah Carlisle as yeah, well. He came right? from Carlisle's yeah. staff. Yeah, so I and, mean, turnover is going to be inevitable. I and mean, look at what they've, what's happened in Miami. But uh, he's had enough of the same kind of personnel. Yeah, on the team, right? Um, the, the stars, the linchpins have been the same. Like I'd say, Van Gundy, uh, you know, basically has finally gotten the players to play that he wants. So it's kind of been like a four-year journey there in Detroit, and I still think Detroit's going to regress uh, quite a bit throughout the year. But it seems like Detroit's like a solid playoff team, and with a couple players like Tobias Harris and Drummond seemingly taking jumps. But I think with Casey, it's like I don't know. It, it, I think he's. I think he's been forced to do a couple things, but I also think he's learned um, some tricks along the way. And some of his priorities are still wrong. Like, I think a big foundational thing he really needs to focus on still is it's cool that the Raptors have the best bench, but that's not how you win a playoff series. And the most important thing is establishing the absolute best starting lineup you could ever you, you could ever muster because that's what it's about in the playoffs and, you know, ego be damned. We should absolutely not be playing 12 people. Um, you know, but I mean, is it unreasonable to play 10 and finish with, uh, the, you know, a different five, if a different, a couple of pieces in that starting five that end the game di- being different every, every game, like even in the playoff game. Yeah. I think, I think based it's on what's, what's working. I, I think it's reasonable, but like, let's say OG struggles. Um, you know, is Casey just going to like yank him all the way out of the lineup? Yeah, is he going to, is he going to mess with him the way that he he's done with JV? But yeah, I, I don't think you can give a full report card to Casey until after this playoff. And yeah. Then, then, I mean, given how much the team has changed, how many kids are on board, uh, I think that's the real test, and it's going to be kind of a wait and see until then because we're still fighting for that legitimacy as a team as well. Yeah. You know, I mean, now that Cleveland's won 13 in a row, I don't think anyone's talking about it as a three-team. Like people are saying, it's Boston and Cleveland again. Right. And we're not, you know, if we had won those, I went to that game against the Knicks. I couldn't do this podcast because I was at that damn <laughs> yeah, game. you can't, you I was so hurt. But here's my thought on that. How, is he, can you be that good a coach and allow a 28 nothing run to happen in the third quarter? Like 28 nothing. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty. It was pretty rough. Twenty-eight pretty rough. nothing. Run. They had a huge lead. I mean, 
game I mean, disappeared. those kinds of things happen, but also like they do. It took nine minutes. I, then you can maybe chalk it up to like both the youth of the team and like I do think Kyle Lowry is kind of a head case. Like I think oh, oh, Lowry yes, is always is. kind of the way people talk about Casey. Lowry is like my fall guy. Where like I just this think is ridiculous. he like gets in a rut and he starts. Uh, he starts like screwing up and he will like drag the whole team down with him. He he is, uh, he's one of the most stubborn superstars I've ever seen. But that's what every superstar is. Yeah, but he, he, does, he doesn't have a star. Well, I, okay. I, Best player on a team. All right. Well, you're going to take shots at Kyle Lowry now. Okay. I'll, 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 Two just, wins from the NBA. Let finals. me just very quickly defend my superstar comment. He's been a like greatest Raptor ever. Well, I say DeRozan, but he, he's tied. He's been a you know top four, top five three point shooter, which is the most valuable skill in the NBA right now for the past three years. So, uh, as far as volume and efficiency, so that's just you know a skill that is massive. Um, and you know, obviously, he does a bunch of other other kind of intangible things. Yeah, but the three point shooting alone puts him in like rarefied air. I think. Um, but yeah, obviously, he's one of these very strange players who's kind of like has a, a normal person's body and isn't freakishly athletic and somehow makes it work. But, you know, again, in the playoffs, you throw a guy like Brogdon on him and it makes him look crazy pedestrian. Like everyone always talks about DeMar DeRozan's struggles in the playoffs, but Lowry has struggled much oh, way harder. Worse, way much, worse. much harder. DeMar so, this appear for a game and then score 30 the next game. But. Yeah. Um, okay. I got, I got some more stuff. So I'm glad we got away from, from Will talking mean about Kyle. That's nice. Okay, Will. <laughs> Will, what, um, if any, uh, what, what's your biggest rotational irk as far as the Raptors? What, what, what's a thing that um, you see on a regular basis uh, with the way we roll out this squad that, that bothers you or should change? Uh, too many guys. I mean, I kind of understand it because it's still early in this season right now. But, um, I mean, it, it's, you know, there are games where he goes like 12 deep and it's not like it's a blowout. The game will still be pretty close. We'll be close enough that like, I, Casey just, will just loves to like go as deep into his bench as possible. And it seems extra crazy right now when you think about it. Cause like one of the primary contributors from the bench is out with an injury. Right. So it, you'd think then it would be like, Oh, well the bench is going to shorten up, but instead it's like, you know, Aaron Mc, yeah. McKinney is Lorenzo Brown. Getting, oh, they're they're only playing garbage. Oh no, yeah. Brown came into a game early. Brown has played some. Yeah, yeah you're right. Brown you're has right. played some, like there was a stretch where he played four Knicks, minutes in the in. fourth quarter. Yeah, he came in early and he was the first one of the first subs off the bench in the Nick game. That was disorienting. Uh, that was silly. So so yeah, your 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 thing is platoon lineups. You don't like them? Yeah, and it's just uh, I I think we're rolling into you know the season's over a quarter over. So at this point he should be locking into his bench and look, I love it. Like I love Fred, Fred Van Fleet, but like, it, you know, when Wright comes back at some point, you're probably going to have to make a choice. Will, did we lose? Will? we're still connected. No, I'm right here. <laughs> okay. Hello. <laughs> you have to make it. You're going to have to make a, what you said, all I heard was you're going to have to make a cho- <laughs> choice. Was it choice? Uh, Chortle. 
All I was saying is that they should uh, they should buy out Kyle Lowry. What? And, uh, <laughs> you can't see, but every table in this living room is flipped over. Yeah. Right <laughs> no, um, it, uh, I was just saying that, like, like I really like Fred Van Fleet. Fred Van Fleet. Uh, I've been calling him Van Fleet literally up until one week ago. Yeah, it's a tough um, one. Vleet Van is not Vleet a sound a, a a your mouth name. wants to make. Yeah. yeah. Vleet. But uh, he's going to have to, like... I like him and Wright, but once Wright is back, Casey's gonna have to make a choice. Yes. I almost feel like it's almost like he's too nice can in I, a weird way. Whoa, like a lot of I, these guys, he doesn't want to like bum them out by not playing them. Yeah, it's a fun group of young can guys. I, can I drop a hot take here? Yes. That choice should be Van Vliet. Uh, whoa! Wright oh, yeah. is 25 and he can't shoot. It's a major problem. Whoa. Yeah. Um, I think Wright has all sorts of amazing upside, but Van Vliet should have the backup role and the lion's share of the minutes until he gets injured. That's my hot take. If you're going to cut yeah, it to 10. Van, and I think you should cut Van it to Vliet 10. Van Vliet has been playing incredible defense, yeah. too. Yes. Um, he, you know, he, he, I don't think he has the defensive um, abilities of right, obviously, but the fact that he can shoot the three, play next to Kyle, I, I mean, uh, it's weird. Wright can, too. And Wright kind of brings a different thing. But Van Vliet does all the things that we love Kojo, that we, we love that Kojo did, except he doesn't over dribble the ball. Like he's pretty flawlessly solid, which is. Yeah, awesome. he can shoot. Shooting is massive for this team. So. Well, and I think if we finally figured out a, a world in which Powell is not the three anymore off the bench, if he's the two and Miles is coming in as a three, if this sticks and, and OG stays in the starting lineup, which it seems like it's happening, those guys are back. Yeah. Uh, I think Powell is the bench too. Yeah, it's tough because Wright's got the you know, Wright was picked as the guy. Does Casey go against the conventional yeah. build of the team and go with the hot hand? So wait, do you have any rotational issues? Um, you know, I, I I'm the same. I always wonder. I don't know if it is too early to to or too late in the season to figure out what your ten is because I th I'm actually enthused by Casey's shifting of lineups and changing things even late in games. Like he's gone with people that I've been surprised by sometimes. At yeah, the end of it's games. cool if there's like a purpose at the end. But, but that's I think what I'm we're saying. All wondering well, if look, there is, we're yeah. 15 and seven. Our next uh, 12 of our next uh, whatever 10 of our next 12 games are against teams under 500. Uh, and they're all injured, by the yeah, way. Yeah, everybody's injured. It's yeah, crazy. I mean, Kyle and DeMar are, they're back to playing how they were last year, but they're playing less, they're distributing the ball, they're less minutes, and they're distributing the ball more. Uh, I, I don't know, another 10, 20 games of seeing what what works. I feel like we ha we, we're we winning enough that I don't think the time for experimentation is over. Right. That's my thought. Okay, And it's fair. a way to, if it's part of the team's identity that you don't know who's going to be the guy on a given night, that's kind of exciting because then it's unpredictable for the other team. So they don't know who to lock in on. I have really enjoyed watching the Raptors this year. Um, my, okay, my take on, on rotational issues, I, I'm not going to elaborate too much on it because I've said it a bunch of times already on this yeah. podcast. But um, if I'm not mistaken, Miles is averaging 19 minutes. Yeah. He should be averaging 32. Whoa. Um, that, and whoever that, uh, demotes is absolutely okay. okay. He's one of the very best three point shooters in the NBA, and we need him on the floor in as many possible lineups. Period. Hard to disagree um, with that, Freddie. He spaces the floor. He's ridiculous three point shooter. That's why we got him. It's insane. We need to, to be. We need to see if we can package BB, BB, and uh, BB and uh, JV for something. Yeah, th that's a whole thing with the rotational issues as well. Is yeah, is because it's kind of like. 
you know, we were angry when Jose was playing over over Lowry. Remember that? Yeah. But we were showcasing Jose to trade him. Yeah. Um, same thing with people with Ross. Um, so it's you kind of got to show the NBA, like, okay, if we just totally demote JV. Yeah. That hurts his already basically non-existent trade value. Yeah. So it's kind of like, but I don't know. It's weird too because our NBA scouts and and GMs actually tricked by that sort of thing. I don't know. You know. Yeah, I was gonna say like I feel like people people have a read on him. So even if he goes on, like he would have to go on a season long, either season long or he would have to get incredibly hot for like an entire round of the, like whatever the last round of the playoffs, the Raptors play in JV would have to play incredibly well for that entire round yeah. to maybe trick a team into taking a flyer on him. It's a real shame. He got hurt against the, the heat that one year. Cause he was tearing it up. Okay. Well, well, I mean, but we want, I remember back then I was like, Oh, he's gonna like that. I was all in on keeping him. Oh yeah. That, me too. Then I was like, he's so valuable. Yeah. He's this weird kind of like, niche i guess all centers are niche now but he's like he seems like an extra luxury you know what i mean it's like oh we're playing boogie yay we can use Jonas. Yeah. but it's all but it's also like but what is that long term um okay uh, l- looking for a quick take here i'll start with you will um deandre jordan that's not really my thing fair enough <laughs> yeah deandre jordan should the raptors be interested in- uh no there's no, no money like it's just economically, it's impossible to make it work unless they want to pay like Cavs level luxury tax. Okay, and 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 you don't see that as a way to get out from Jonas's contract, maybe? Uh, no, because his is going to end up being like almost twice that, and uh, it. You know, I I also think Jordan is a moderately overrated player like he's pretty good defensively but he's not it's like Mark Gasol is a guy who changes an entire defense the way he like talks and reads the floor and plays and is just like just has such a great court vision and I think Jordan if slash when his athleticism starts to break down it's going to be like a real serious drop in his ability to play defense fair Ennis I don't think it's enough of a difference, and I don't think that whatever we give up for him is going to ensure that he stays, even if that happens, like even if he wants to, and if we can find the money for him. I mean, he's got an opt-out out of yes. his contract, right? Yeah. The only thing I feel like we could maybe get him at a discount if we're in that mix, because I don't see him staying with the Clippers next season and not opting out, so that might hurt the value in a trade. Yeah, he's he's interesting with his player option, because it's a lot of money, Yeah, and... And remember, um, he already signed with another team once. Yeah, and and the whole you know, with the, I think money is evaporating for centers. So it's kind of like, will he take that year? Uh, but part of my interest was that you know, if we could kind of leverage, you know, let's say like Jonas Bebe, one other player, um, for DeAndre, and then almost kind of have it in our head that we're not going to pursue him that hard in the off season. So it's like we have him for a run, and then we have. We basically balance our books a bit more by yeah. having Ibaka, Lowry, DeRozan, and a little bit more wiggle room. We'd actually still be pretty like if we don't trade Jonas, we're going like well into the luxury tax next year. By the yeah, if we don't trade Jonas by the deadline, yeah, the Raptors are going like very far into the luxury with tax. that with no room to add anybody. With else. no room to add anybody. But, else. Ever, but who, do we have any free agents coming off the books this year? 
Um, I don't think so. Yeah, there you I go. I don't think we have one. Um, Do you think it makes sense to go into the luxury tax with, you know, with LeBron still in the East and the and the Celtics playing how they are? Well, that that's a fun conversation because like, how long is LeBron going to be in the East? I think yes. Um, you know me. I'm never one to say like, well, don't do anything. Don't don't. Uh, we don't. I'm not a. I'm not a. Uh, a tank advocate. I've never have been. You know, uh, tear it all down until LeBron's not playing. It seems like a ridiculous way to run a franchise. So I don't. It'd be fun if they got DeAndre Jordan, but I just don't. I don't know if he's the answer. It's, and it's also now that they've locked in so much money for those three guys right. for like their three main guys. It would be crazy to start to try to like they. The indications are like clearly seem to be that they're going to like ride out the uh, Ibaka, Lowry, and DeRozan contracts, yeah. and then whatever happens after that. But they're only on three years, right? So it's like it's whoever. Yeah. Uh, I know. Sorry, DeRozan's got a fourth year. Uh, true story. Our only free agent after this season is Fred Van Vliet. Oh, so. I didn't realize he was. Uh, he must be making like six hundred thousand uh, dollars. Yeah, one point three million. Oh. Um, Double that. Yeah, that guy. That guy's gonna get a big raise. Is yeah. the only downside to like making him the official backup. I mean, uh, like I'm sure Masai's thinking about this already, but all of these rookies are like in the in the coming years gonna make more money, and there's absolutely no way we can hold on to you know the six guys we like. It's gonna be more likely three of them. Um, yeah. Okay. Let's uh, let's move on to the NBA. I got some. I got a couple fun questions. NBA fun questions. NBA fun questions. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I'm going to start. Uh, I feel like I'm all starting with Will, but uh, sorry, Ennis. It's um, fine. It helps him, I think. Okay, here's... this I'm is, on the other side of the continent, for God's sake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah give um, him a head start. This is for sure a meandering question because it's just loaded with my own opinion. But, um, <laughs> Will... Uh, Harden, uh, lost a really tight MVP race to Steph Curry. He lost the narrative there. Um, he lost, uh, the narrative big time to Westbrook, which is all almost already commonly acknowledged as a massive mistake by NBA pundits. Um, Westbrook was not the MVP last year. Um, how does Harden lose the narrative this year? Um, (laughs) but I'm, I'm going to make you guys think I'm gonna, or do a little bit of uh, mental gymnastics here. It's let's just say for the sake of this question, it's not to LeBron. So what, what? narrative beats Harden? That's the this narrative. Year? <laughs> I know. I know. Well, that's the obvious one though. I, 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 I want you to go deep. I is, got it. Is there a narrative that beats him? Kyrie Irving. Yep. I guess, I guess that is it. I mean, it, the, Celtics and Rockets were in the same position for a while. I can't believe how well Houston did without Chris Paul, considering the hit to their bench. Uh, the depth that they traded to the Clippers, turns out it didn't matter. Yeah, well, it's because... They still had Gordon, they still had Anderson, they still had... I mean, Capella's taking a huge step up. I mean, if you have Harden and Dan Tony, you're like, you're you're sleepwalking to 50-55 yeah. wins. I think Irving, the attention on Irving, if we look at what it is that determines an MVP mm-hmm. in terms of voting... I jumped right in there, by the way. Uh... I think it's Irving. I think that's the yeah, only thing. Yeah, because I was going to say LeBron because it's the only yeah. it's like the <laughs> no. only one I could think of. Well, and I think LeBron actually. It's like I've heard a couple of people say that right now it's runaway Harden, and I would have to say that I think it's LeBron Harden because LeBron's I think pretty people, freaking impressive. People you don't think like what Kyrie Irving's done? LeBron, go ahead. So sorry, much as like the elder statesman, and uh, and the fact that he's playing 
in like he's clearly the best player in the NBA yeah. still. And it's also him. If if the team keeps up, if the team wins the same amount of wins that it has kind of had the last couple seasons with uh, Kyrie just gone and his replacement injured for two thirds of the season, you'll be back next. Then month. like yeah, and Wade I, and I Rose he, and all these old bag of bones players. Yeah, he's out. like I think he's like got it. I think he's like got it in the bag if that happens. Especially since I don't think the NBA, I don't think writers like Kyrie. I think they all, it, there's kind of, it feels like when you read pieces about him, anytime it's even complimentary, it feels like begrudging from the writer. Hmm. So huh. I think he's going to have the same way, like LeBron was clearly the MVP over Derrick Rose, but there's just no universe in which he was going to win it because everybody hated him. Yeah, totally. And, and, and that's where the narrative comes in big time. I think the fact that Hayward's been out all season and after starting 0 and 2, they're 22 and 2 or 22 and 3 is all going to get attributed to Kyrie Irving. I'm just spitballing. No, no, it's I'm fair. I'm not saying I, I, I want him to win. I think like, but Boston's done a better job with worse injuries than either Cleveland or Houston. Yeah. And how do you not put that on? And Kyrie I think Irving? Boston arguably I, has the loudest media market, gets the most reporting. Yeah. And when something happens well, in Boston, it just. But the, people the, the will give um, people will give a lot of that credit to Brad Stevens. Yeah, that's yes. true. Because nobody nobody credits. Ty Lu for the Cavs' success. Nobody. Uh, yeah. Not even the way, like, they don't even talk about him the way Spolstra got talked about when the big three were there as sort of like, oh, you know, he's like an underrated part of their success. Yeah. I've never, ever read any analysis of Tyron Lu's coaching style. Yeah, he gets a bad rap, Stevens actually. is kind of the star of the Celtics now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially with, like, multiple... Um, you know, him him basically making multiple players work under the same system. Um, I can't talk about Stevens too long because I'll uh, I'll erupt like a volcano. Yeah. Um because that's I mean the other thing that helps Brad Stevens is that it's Boston and he's white. Yep. Boston would much rather give credit to a white guy than a black guy because it's one of America's worst cities. Whoa. Okay. Well, that, that, that actually. <laughs> well, well, that speaking ke- some serious. That truth. kept going further, but I, you know, I'm actually kind of glad you brought that up because I think there's there, there is a bit of a white knighting thing um, that happens sometimes in the NBA, and uh, you know, if you're careful or uh, or watching closely, you can you can watch the uh, or you can see the coded language. Um, oh, for sure. Uh, as far as, you know, like kind of white players always being crafty or, you know, stuff like that. It's all there. Um, and I think it's for sure there with Brad Stevens. But, um, yeah, it's always tough to determine how much. And you don't want to take away the good things that he's actually doing. Yeah. Um, but he's like Twin Peaks for you. You don't, you don't buy it. You don't buy well, it. He's genius. <laughs> I don't want to be too stubborn. You've gone on about Brad Stevens before, and I don't. I don't think that. I think it's worth listening to because it's a, a very contrary opinion to most people. I, I know. I, I've been a bit too stubborn. <laughs> Much like for, how I don't get Twin Peaks. <laughs> fair. No, I, I'm actually kind of like that with Twin Peaks. But um, no, with, with Brad Stevens, I think it's. Uh, I guess I just didn't understand early on. Uh, okay, I promise I won't spend too much time on Brad Stevens, <laughs> but I didn't understand early on that he was one of these guys who like dragged a mediocre team to the playoffs, which is like almost every coach that's ever been in the NBA, and that he was treated like he was Popovich. So I never really understood that. Um, I never really understood 
how with so little success he's worked his way into some kind of top five conversation. Yeah. Like, I think that's, like, genuinely preposterous. You know, it's funny. Um, they actually talked about the year that the Hawks had five uh, players in the All-Star game. Buttonholzer had the same kind of talk. Like, people were talking to him because he came out of the Spurs system. Right. And, I mean... No, no matter who's on that roster right now, like Buttonhol- I don't know what Buttonholzer could do to make that team any better because they're they're so uh, yeah. bereft of of great players. But you know where did that go? You know what I mean? That, that he was <laughs> yeah. they, they were talking about what he did with that team with no stars years totally. ago. They were supposed to be the new Pistons and all that. And yeah, I mean Malone's apart. Malone's done really good stuff. Clifford's done really good stuff. Yeah, Quinn Snyder is fucking amazing. Yeah, he is. Um, you know, Gobert going out and they go on like a six game win streak. Yeah, I know that happens sometimes, but. You know, he's shown it for a couple years now. He's been a really, really effective coach. Anyways, I, I, I can't, I can't keep okay. going on Stevens. It's okay. Because it just, I think it ruins a lot of my basketball credibility. I get it. I just, yeah. They just um, play I stuff I backwards see, I, think, uh, I think Brad Stevens and Brett Brown are almost exactly the same coach. It's totally agree. Brett Brown had the misfortune of being under absolutely horrific ownership. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. Boston's in, Or not I ownership, mean, sorry, management. Like with Ainge and the in the fantastic uh, Brooklyn trade, um, yeah, it's been good good times yeah, for. I Boston. think Mikhail Prokhorov's the best coach of the NBA. What do you think about that? That's my take. Fair. <laughs> um, okay, I got I got one for you. Um, now, uh, yeah, maybe this is a little too hard with my my opinion, but um, Ennis, yeah, uh, the West is bottoming out hard. Uh, what stands out to you the most? It is. That's a very that's setup. I'm dubious about that setup. Okay, You're talking so, about how many teams are so below 500. From let me fire up basically these standings from here. nine down. Yeah, nobody's 500, and from ten down, it's utter disasters. I mean, it's rough. But look at the the top the top three four teams. It's not, I don't know what do you mean by bottoming out. I mean, you know, with the okay, the conversation before the season was that we really need to restructure the NBA because it's that. The, the talent disparity is that huge. Yeah. Um, with Memphis and uh, the Clippers uh, having, I guess, you know, poor luck and, and bad seasons, Phoenix being awful, Lakers being awful, Sacramento being awful, uh, Pelicans, Pelicans actually being okay, um, Suns being awful. Like some of the very worst teams, uh, you know, obviously you still have the Tankers in the East, but I think with, you know, the Knicks and the Nets not being as bad as yeah. people thought. Um, the West uh, is pretty rough. And uh, or, I mean, like the bottom of it. Yeah. And even after San Antonio, it's not that good. Like Minnesota's not that good. Honestly, it looks um, a lot Utah's more like not that good. It you, looks you know a lot more saying? like the, but those are teams in very like different positions. It does look a lot like these just in terms of standings, but Minnesota and Utah, you're talking about two teams in very different positions. And it almost seems like, I don't know. You know, I think bottoming out sounds like there's something wrong. I, I guess you're talking about in terms of disparity with the East and how they've been considered saying, as a powerhouse I'm conference. Maybe as far as expectations, like they've already changed the structure of the All Star Game. Yeah, because of how bad they thought this was going to be. Right. So people have already really started reacting to, you know, and it's like oh, there's been a long lead up to it, obviously, but um, and you know, injuries have come into play with Millsap and yada yada. But like, it's. I'm not saying the East is as good as the West. Yeah. I'm just saying that gap is is nowhere near what people thought it would be. So, do, like, or I guess as anything jumped out to you better, or maybe I'm. You just know, I think it's exciting the fact that like, the, it. If I, well, I'm looking at it now, and I mean, New Orleans, Utah, Minnesota, Portland, all be, Denver, all being playoff teams at this point of the season were to end. I think that's great. 
because you're at least seeing some parody and some switching around and teams with different fates. Like the Clippers had a good run. Mm -hmm. You know, they've had some bad luck, obviously, hobbled by injuries after the Paul trade. But I don't know. I mean, some of these teams are run like, look what happened to Phoenix. You know what I mean? What what did they oh, do? Oh, I didn't with mention Dallas. Had? It's terrible. Dallas is terrible, but I mean they rode Dirk and the supporting yeah. cast too long and but they've they've got pieces like Smith and Barnes they can build up and I think it's great anytime teams are not dominating for too long. So I, I'm I'm buoyed almost okay. by, by the presence of new blood. I'm a jazz fan as well. I thought after losing Hayward, it would be it would be curtains, it'd be a huge regression. Mm-hmm. And granted, they're not playing as well as they were last year, but you got guys like Donovan Mitchell in there. Uh, Derek Favors is you know, yeah. experiencing a resurgence. Um, Joe Ingles, who I just played with at the Y last week, is is doing great. Um, that was a joke. Was that not clear? <laughs> <laughs> it was. Yeah. I, I, I thought you know there was like a couple tags coming or something. I don't no, know. no, no. He just because um, he looks like he plays at the Y. <laughs> Will, uh, am I kind of overblowing this or what? Uh, yeah. Well, I think uh, the West also has a more exciting future than the East. Right. Like, like, it feels like, a, uh, you know, I guess there's some interesting prospects on, uh, like, the two young guys in, in Boston are obviously already really good. But, right. like, there's that, and then there's uh, Giannis, and I don't really know. And Philly. Like, what? Yep. Uh, yeah, I guess Philly. Listen, I you know, Philly is my uh, Brad Stevens. Um, but, like. How so? It, you don't buy it? I uh, well, a big part of it is I hate Sam Hinkie, and when everybody is like, oh, trust the process, it's like, oh, so the process was just playing as bad as tarot as possible and then, like, drafting the consensus best players. Yeah. Like, wow, what a bold vision he had for that team. I mean, it wasn't uh, bold, but it certainly it, was painful. It was horrific, and, like, I, it was I, rough. I also think that if they had not – look, this is not the podcast, but, like, I think if – uh, Brian Colangelo had not come along and brought in some veterans, that team would be way worse than it was. Cause you just, you cannot have an entire roster of players with no experience, uh, just reinforcing each other's bad habits. I like agree. you need yeah. a guy like JJ Redick to come along and be like, help the coach teach the players how to play. Yeah. Like, I, th- I think Johnson, Jared Bayless. I think, I think culture really matters. And this idea that, you know, you're going to get a superstar and then everything will just fall into place is kind of a kind of a flawed uh, approach, I think. But you know what had happened? Hinkie's yeah, like out. How, how necessary was Nick, uh, Nick Collison in uh, Oklahoma City? Like that guy was considered such an important piece on that For team, sure. even though he just like, wasn't very good. Yeah. So, so we did just back to the West. Do you think that, um, you know, it's going to end up being like, are, are people still going to be having that conversation? Well, let's say when the season's done, are people still going to be like, we need to get rid of conferences. This is insane. Or is that uh, maybe not? No, I think this season will probably help, but I also wouldn't be surprised if there was a little bit of regression, you know, even from the Pistons and yeah, some of sure. the teams out East as well. Cause like the Bucks are terrible. The Bucks are a bad team. The Bucks and the and Wizards have, are, the Bucks are terrible. They have a potential, they just have, yeah, they just have like a, a potential MVP, but like the rest of that team, I really don't think is very good. And I don't think they're ever going to be able to do more than kind of hover around 500. I don't know. I when don't Parker comes Kidd, back, I don't think the, Kid is a great coach either. I don't know. I haven't seen enough about it because people have been going nuts about Kid coaching over there. Yeah. Well, apparently Milwaukee is like, 
pretty strongly calling for his head. Okay, because they should be doing better yeah. than they are. Yeah, fans right? are pretty upset with Kidd. Um, but if they manage to trade for Jordan and Parker comes back, that starting five at least is, you know, loaded with potential. And, you know. Yeah, I mean, let, so. I think Jordan will just gum things up. It, it's, it, it just has a, it feels a little bit like, um, almost like the old Bucks teams in a weird way, where, yeah, like Cassell and... and Glenn Robinson. Uh, Rob, was it Glenn Robinson and Ray Allen? Those yeah. were the three guys? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember that team. Yeah, three. Those were like three great players, but the rest of the team was just like couldn't function around them. Well, yeah, you don't use the rest of those guys in NBA Jam. You just use those three. You just <laughs> rotate you between them, right? There you go. There you go. Ennis was super proud of himself after that joke. You lean back or you lean forward, but it, it, it was good. I was smiling. The Joe, I had to save myself after the Joe Ingles thing. <laughs> Um, yeah, a, I just I I think the West. I think this season will save that talk off, and then in like two seasons we'll be back to having that conversation. Because I also think the West is probably going to dominate the draft again this year, and then uh, so in like three or four years, all the best young talent, most of the best young talent will be out west. Again. Do the Bulls have their pick this year? Because they're three and twenty. They're way well out. Yeah, they do. The Bulls have their pick. They do, but they don't have it next season. I don't think. Ooh, that's pretty huge. Um, Okay, here, here's uh, here's my last question before we uh, move on to the, the our final segment. Um, Will, I'll start with you. Uh, so the league's obviously changed, and and you know pretty rapidly in the past couple of years um, with staff with the, with three point shooting with the you know Dan Tony Ball or uh, you know whatever um, or Paul West said or whatever. But um, do you think? the pendulum will ever swing back. And I don't mean it's ever going to be like full nineties basketball, but a, do you think the pendulum will swing back? B how? Um, uh, I mean, I don't think the pendulum will ever swing back, but there for sure will be whatever the next new, like whatever the next big style is for sure coming. I don't think the league is just going to stay like, like keep playing like this. Even if it's like a whole part of the reason the league can function like this now is because they made the rule change. Yes. You know what that season before Phoenix got Steve Nash to really like loosen up uh, how, how like hard defenses could go at guys. So like maybe there'll be a rule change or maybe there'll just be some guy who comes along that just kind of changes the way. Like if, you know, if DeMarcus cousins got in a little better shape and could be, you know, just like, Man, his numbers quote, unquote, are really close together. To That's like a guy who could really like fundamentally change the way teams have to play because of him, because he's right. just like that talented and that dominant. And he's a lot Shaq of it is like, threes. you know, he just pushes everybody yeah, around in the paint. Yeah. But can and hit threes can and bring the ball up and get six assists yeah. a game. Yeah. Or even if more guys, like, I guess Kawhi is kind of the, prototypical guy but like i don't mm-hmm. i i think milwaukee was trying to be the team that kind of changed things or at least took whatever this is to the extreme of just having a bunch of guys who are all between six five and six okay, eight yeah. and have incredibly long arms it just like isn't really working out so for them that's exactly where i was going with this i think what's gonna change things is the right combination of having a giant team that doesn't suffer too much from being giant. So Philly's doing it. I'm not saying it's going to work. Milwaukee was doing it. I think, you know, there's going to be some team where the point guard is six, seven, and he's the smallest guy in the court and also can keep up with Steph. 
or not uh, Steph's always a, a stupid example to bring up. Let's say, let's say can, can mitigate Damien Lillard. You know, you know what I mean? I think that is going to be the winning combination where you have all these giant guys, you know, like l- let's say even a, a team full of like, uh, yeah, Ka- Kawhi's and OGs and these guys who can switch every position are all Siakam. six, eight. Yeah, exactly. Um, Ennis, do you, where, where are you at on this? Um, I think it's all going to come down to when Bowl Bowl enters the league. Oh, yeah. That's my take. I think we're going to go back to seeing – I think that the, the next step is eight-foot guys uh, at every position. I think that's what's going to happen. <laughs> I think that's the only well, way you change, change the game this way. They don't even have to be big and oh, strong. Masai Ujiri actually on the Bill Simmons podcast brought up like a dumb idea, but I was like, you know, it's almost as if there's something to that. He was like, what if uh, – because like it was a similar kind of question – um, but it was more Raptors focus, obviously. And he, he was saying, um, what if you had five, eight foot players who yeah. never dribbled the ball but and this, just lobbed it to each other? This is what I'm saying. And I was you. like, that is insane. It's impossible but to, yeah, you that's play, like, you that's play like zone bit, D. Yeah. You stick to a half court. There's no pressure on the ball. You just stand exactly. there eight foot. Everybody's yeah. seven feet to eight feet. Yeah. You know, if you're playing, like, if you're playing against Curry, like he yeah. could not jump high enough to touch the ball. It's a silly idea at first, <laughs> but having read about Bull Bull and being just excited that he was going to play in the NBA and is already great. <laughs> like you can't, okay. So you can't foul. You can't bully players the way you could in the nineties, right? Those kinds of players aren't the right. answer anymore. Centers are smaller. Guards are bigger. How do you, all shooting is the priority. How do you stop that? Giant, giant men. Yeah, like like it's it's like they don't even move; they're just kind of stationed at parts of the court. Yeah, exactly. So you can move the ball up. You right know what there, I mean? you go. They got to be great at passing. But yes, theoretically, yes. no one can you know because their wingspan would be like twelve feet. Right, no one's getting to those passes. Yeah. There's no turnovers. Oh man, the, the, ice, the, the ice cube league, the yeah, three on three, the, the big three. three. Oh, I'm oh, sorry. I thought you, <laughs> I thought you were confusing. Is or it that's called just, the ice cube league he now? Just, he, that, he was just referring to <laughs> hockey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, the, um, uh, the, yeah, the ice cube. So that's my take. I think Bowl Bowl is okay. the savior. Sweet. Well, uh, of let, this broken NBA. Let, let's move on to the last segment, which I'll, I'll very quickly explain to you guys uh, after Matt's sting. <laughs> that's a sting. Baby. Ow, that hurt uh, me. That's, that's a, a loping sting. sting. Um, <laughs> casual, okay, casual sting there. So this is our uh, <laughs> this is our pro line portion of the uh, podcast. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know how pro line betting works, uh, it's basically like um, you have to. Uh, you, uh, there's usually a half number, like the Raptors are going to beat the Hornets by five and a half, which actually means there's no half points in basketball. So that means well, uh, that would change in my future vision right. in the future too. You could get half oh, points. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> half um, points. Goaltending, you get a half point. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe you lose a couple points if you do the Jason Kidd like drinks bill. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. So yeah. Uh, so basically, you have to pick a winner. So if the Raptors are favored by five and a half, you would say, and you think the Raptors are going to win, you would say the Raptors, uh, you know, th- them them winning that bet is uh, them winning by six. Can I just clarify? This At is least. all just to help you with your gambling gambling problems. Yes. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Like you don't get any money from Proline for this, do you? No, uh, Proline's a sponsor. But oh, like, they are. But like they 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 just sponsor. <laughs> they just me. don't know yet. Yeah, yeah. They're like. Yeah. They're, <laughs> It's like it's like what you long... need is an actual sponsor to help yeah. with your pro line addiction. <laughs> it's like a it's a it's a long like kind of like deep Russia game I got going in there. So oh wow okay. Yeah. By the um, way, just as a sidebar, just to the points thing. Imagine if instead of players fouling out after they got six fouls, every time you foul somebody, you lose two points. What do you think about that? Love so, it as a rule. Just an idea. No, it's, it's, it, I think uh, I think love it might be a bit of an exaggeration. <laughs> no, I love it. I, uh, uh, no, I don't love it at all. 
Um, sorry, Ennis. That's fine. This um, is why we have writers' rooms. <laughs> okay, so uh, want to read it off? Yeah, Matt. Well, why don't you cue us up? Sure. We got uh, Lakers at Philly. Philly is a spread by seven and a half, aka eight. Um, okay, you, let's uh, let's go. You, but yeah, let's start with me, and then we'll. I'll, we'll, read, I'll read Kevin's last. Okay, and we'll pretend uh, we'll we'll make uh, Will after Ennis. So so one more time. So we got Lakers at Philly. And Philly is spread by eight. Lakers at Philly. At Philly, Philly spread by eight. Yeah. Lakers. What do you think? Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Sixers. Okay. And they're, gonna, and they're gonna win by eighteen. Whoa. What do you think about that? Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> what's, what's your take, Will? Uh, I'm. Uh, I'm uh, for sure gonna go Sixers. Okay. You just said you hate Sixers, the Sixers. Uh, six, Sixers by 10 after Lonzo Ball uh, scores two, uh, two own baskets. <laughs> See, my, my, my thing is uh, Lonzo gets pulled like at some point in the third quarter and uh, they, they keep it within five. Because he's like a foot shorter than I, Ben Simmons? Well, Lonzo's been getting benched, man. Yeah. Like he's been, and they're going Jordan Clarkson, and I also think that they're confused because uh, Ingram's playing really well. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay, where's that? I think Lonzo's shot is so broken, it's going to start going backwards. Like, it's going to, he's going to face the opposing team's net and shoot, and it's going to go back towards his own net. It's so broken that LeVar has started to say that he's thinking about putting his other sons uh, in, <laughs> in not the NBA, in different leagues. Oh, in different leagues. Yeah, yeah. No, that's not a direct <laughs> like the ice cube, like the ice cube league? The ice cube league. Yeah. yeah. Um, so okay, so <laughs> Kevin sent in his bets, right, Matt? Uh yes okay, what what did he choose here? He chose Lakers. He chose Lakers. Okay, Ooh, yeah. What are you What are you doing? Um, what am I doing? Yeah. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go Lakers as well because I want to sprinkle a water on LA right now. Wow. Okay. Lots of insensitive jokes it, over here. Way to way to make us feel I bad st- about picking Philly. Jeez, <laughs> man. I started that and and uh, it's it's absolutely not okay. Um, is that an ex- is that an expression? I'm gonna when a basketball a team wins, they're sprinkling a little water. Yeah, <laughs> getting just, a little getting a little dewy in the box score tonight. Just keep in mind, uh, Matt is from uh, an entirely different planet, um, so that's where he's coming from. I mean, from. you could have said like, I think Lonzo Ball is gonna make it rain. Oh, no, no, sprinkle some water. I'm going to sprinkle some water. Instead, you used an expression no one has ever (laughs) used or thought of using before. Um, I might have to sprinkle some water after this podcast. (laughs) um, Okay. Uh, I just mean win a basketball game. Sorry. Let's do. uh... Okay. Washington at Phoenix. Washington has the spread by eight. Uh, I hate Washington. Yeah, the no, I'll go Phoenix. I believe in oh, Phoenix. Okay, wow. Tonight of all nights. Without Booker, they're not expecting anything. Phoenix is gonna win that game. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. In Phoenix, they did just beat Philly by 14 points before we stomped them, by the way. So yeah. they got they got something. Alex Len, 2020, double double, four blocks. <laughs> Holy is shit. John Wall playing tonight? I think he's still out. Okay, yeah. yeah I'm happy out. with this. Phoenix. Phoenix. Well, okay. Uh, I'm going Phoenix because Bradley Beal just had such a like inhuman game. Oh, he had a 50 point beat. game, didn't he? 51, yeah. Who'd they beat? They beat like Port. I think they beat Portland. Yeah, yeah, he scored the most points anyone has ever scored against Portland in their home arena. And uh, I just wow. don't think he has two of them in him. And Definitely the Wizards not. are another team just filled with like 
guys who gen- just cannot get it together. So yeah, I think and I think Phoenix is going to rally around uh, injured Booker, who they all seem to really like. So I think they're going to pull out the win for him. Okay, where's where's Kevin at on this? Kevin went Washington. All right, what do you okay. do? Um, well, Phoenix is pretty dry there in the desert. Oh, here we so go. So I'm going to spread some <laughs> peanut butter on wait, that. Okay, wait a second. I'm going <laughs> Wait a second. Phoenix. Don't you mean sprinkle some water? This is so I believe oh, the expression is sprinkle. There. Matt is perfectly weird. dry, so I'm going to sprinkle some peanut butter on them so you that a dog comes over and licks them, butter. and the moisture from his tongue oh. helps moisten the land. Oh. You haven't heard that expression? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spread uh, some peanut butter? I thought you guys were intelligent. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm, I'm going to treat Phoenix like my genitals and spread <laughs> some peanut butter on it so that a dog comes over and starts licking it. Oh, my God. Jesus. Resulting uh, in a which win. Is the long way, which is the long way of saying I think uh, Washington's going to win. <laughs> nice. Um, I, I'm, I'm going for uh, Phoenix. Uh, same logic as uh, Ennis and Will. Wow. Okay. Let's, uh, let's okay. start this one with Will. Okay. OKC okay, at Brooklyn. Ooh. OKC okay, has a spread by seven and a half. They're all eight. So um, uh, I think uh, o- o- I think OKC is going to win just because it's impossible to predict what's going to happen with that team right now. And I just don't. I don't think the Nets. It's not like the Nets, you know, have like crazy surprises in them. So I think OKC is going to be one of those games where they all play great and just like blow the Nets out, and then they'll lose the next two games. Right. Uh, where's Kevin at on this? Kevin won Brooklyn. Keep in mind, Kevin's notoriously bad at oh, yeah. do this. Yeah, he's the worst at this, right? <laughs> Does he know D'Angelo Russell's hurt? <laughs> probably not. Okay, we he's probably he's head deep in an exam right now. Yeah. Where where are you at on this? Um Matt. Sorry, Matt. You want me to go? Yeah. Um I'm just not liking the cut of OKC's jib lately. And uh, you know, I feel like Damari Carroll is a is a whole new boy uh. in Brooklyn. Um, he was faking his knee problems. <laughs> what? He's oh fine. Wow, a lot of conspiracy. Faking his knee problems so that he could like have ammunition to to he call out that the train team? to Brooklyn. He wanted to go to Brooklyn <laughs> for two the years. whole time. Yeah, and uh, uh, but he's gonna have an off game, so I'm going with OKC. Wow, <laughs> what a journey! <laughs> what a journey! Um, you really sprinkled some water on that yeah. prediction, if I'm using that correctly. Um, I think this is kind of a tough one because uh, because of OKC's play, but I think Brooklyn's right at that point of the season where, um, yeah, I'm kind of with Will here. They're I think they're done having any kind of flukes, flukes. So uh, and the pressure is really mounting on OKC, and I think they need maybe one and a half of their superstars to absolutely blow this game out of the water. So I'm gonna go OKC. Okay. Um, what was the spread? Seven and a half in Brooklyn. In Brooklyn, Here's OKC. The thing. OKC just beat any any problems that people are talking about OKC having. They just beat Minnesota, the Spurs, and the Jazz. And the next five games they have are against. Teams under 500, I guess, except for Indiana. Well, in Philly, never mind. Uh, I'm gonna go with. I think the I think the Thunder problems are are done, and I think they're gonna win this one handily. Okay. And I think okay. we're about to see OKC win maybe 10 of 12, 10 of 15 games. Ooh, that's yeah. exciting. Yeah. Last one. You ready? Last one. Let's do it. Okay. We got Houston at Utah. Houston has a spread by five and a half. Oh. Houston at Utah. Utah. So, so this one's, I guess, Kevin's choice. Uh, yeah, and he chose Houston. Okay, well, what about you? Well, Houston's uh, coming off a hurricane. 
So I'm not going to sprinkle the water. Wow, there's so this many is, natural <laughs> disaster jabs. That, okay. And also, in a weird way, you're just showing how, how arbitrary all of this is. Guys, very profound, very existential. The hurricane was like months ago, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a pretty long time ago. I'm pretty sure they don't need me sprinkling any water there still. That's a valid okay. point. You make a valid okay. point. I'm going to vacuum that water up, and I'm going to give it to Houston. Oh. What? <laughs> In a Back in a grab bag in a grab up. bag. <laughs> oh, that's so weird. I love you. Um, uh, Boy, if Houston was playing LA, I really wouldn't want to know your prediction. It'd yeah, so yeah. I'm not gonna. Have <laughs> <it>. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go Houston because they're the best team in the NBA. Ennis, uh, what's the spread? Five and a half for Houston. Five and a half for Houston. I'm gonna, gonna say that uh, you know what? They're not gonna have an answer for Rudy Gobert's revival. Whoa, this whoa. is why you don't pick these things because I'm a huge. The Jazz are my other team, so I'm probably going to lose tonight. But I'm going Utah Jazz to win that whoa. game. Holy smokes! Yeah, that's right. Or lose by three. Um. Well, guys, uh, I'm probably going to be late for work. Wait, I wait, didn't will. Oh, oh, wait. I'm yeah. sorry, Will. Sorry. Go. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and give Utah multiple wives because it's a Mormon <laughs> state. But by wives, I mean points. <laughs> And by multiple points, I mean more than one because they will be crushed by the Houston Rockets. <laughs> okay, I think uh, the the new format of this podcast needs to be just like <laughs> meandering, weird, weird answers on bets. Yeah. Um, okay. I'll put that prediction in some Tupperware and keep it in my freezer <laughs> for the winter months. Will Jazz by four. Will, I love you. Do you got anything yep. coming up in uh, in LA that uh, people need to know about or elsewhere? Um, in um, I don't even know how long months from now. Because okay. um, I'm assuming you're going to put this out pretty quickly, unless uh, I'm incorrect <laughs> and we just predicted games from like two weeks from now. Yeah, no. <laughs> but uh, but uh, we uh, yeah, you're going to bank this one. Uh, oh yeah, in uh, timeless content. Uh, probably like. Probably like four or five minutes, or four or five minutes, four or five months. My uh, album is coming out, Ooh. and it's called. Uh, unless I change the title, it's going to be called "Fuck This Guy." Nice. <laughs> so it's going to be on iTunes. Uh, yeah, it's going to be on iTunes. Okay. Look, people know what the hell was that tone? Point. I don't. I don't got to go through the motions of like plugging digital dis distribution website. Oh, is this what it's going to be like on the album? I can't wait. Just tell me if yeah, you think... It kind of is, yeah. <laughs> Just tell me if you like the company Apple. That's what I want to know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Will. Or, fuck, sorry. Um, Ennis. Yes. What's up? I don't mind you calling me Will. Um, what am I doing? Yeah. I'm doing this podcast. A lot of fun. If you, uh, if you uh, wanted to see me on TV... Uh, season three of Red Oaks is out on Amazon Prime, which, by the way, if you have an Apple TV, got I love app. the company Apple and the Apple TV. Uh-huh. Uh, just got a notification on my iPhone about this. Uh, Amazon Prime is now available on Apple TVs. Go to Amazon Prime. You watch all three seasons of Red Oaks. It's great for Christmas because it's summer. You can really yeah. sprinkle some water on the yeah, right. on your winter blues <laughs> with uh, a season of, uh, of Red Oaks. And also, I want a show called Blind Spot that airs Fridays at 8 o'clock on NBC. If you like something that's the complete opposite of a show like Red Oaks. That's all I got. There you go. And I'll just be uh, eating pies and pies and fries. Amazing. Um, Kevin, uh, you know. Hey, Ennis. Yeah. Uh, do you, you remember the old uh, Apple PC or the old uh, Mac PC oh. commercials with Justin Long yeah. and. Uh, John Hodgman. Uh, yeah. Uh, if they had uh, instead decided to go with uh, 
two Turkish guys yep. and you were one of the guys cast, mm -hmm. who would be the other guy and in which Cantor. roles would the two of you have filled? <laughs> I mean, uh, I think uh, if he comes back from injury in time, it would be Furkan Korkmaz oh. of the Philadelphia 76ers. No, it would be Ennis Cantor. Come on, it would be great. <laughs> True story, I actually auditioned for the PC in uh, in those commercials, I as did, everybody yeah. else did. Yeah, I remember like. that. Right? Yeah. Did you also audition <laughs> I for that? I went for the Justin Long part. Yeah. Guys, oh. uh, it's very oh, important. Yeah. I, I want to make a plug here for myself. I don't usually do this. Go ahead. You got a got commercial? A, I got an OLG commercial coming oh, out. Oh, nice. Uh, you might just see the back of my head. Oh. That's right. Oh. Might just. Uh, <laughs> and uh, you might just see me look a little bit to one direction. When horses, the band? When horses start running. No, oh, that would nice. be cool. One Direction's riding yeah. horses. Direction. I would love to be a fan of a One Direction <laughs> band. Um, okay. Well, uh, I love you all. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Goodbye. Hello. Bye. Bye, Will. Bye, Will. Love you. Bye. I got to go to work. Bye, guys. Okay, see ya. Bye. This has been the Confederacy of Dunks. We're on iTunes. If you guys could give us a rating, that would be great. Um, we're also on Stitcher. You can listen there or go to dunkspodcast.com, and you can listen there and listen there and listen there and sprinkle some water on it. Okay, bye.